Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So I've been looking at the TikToks lately. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I have. Is that bad? No. No? Okay. I've been looking at the TikToks uh, and I I found one that I really enjoyed. I shared it with Riley. I haven't shared it yet with Taylor. Okay. But it was, um, I have, I follow a lot of TikToks that tell me what the zodiac signs are in various pop culture things. And okay. this one was about like what the zodiac signs are in pop popular culture witches. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed the three of our of our representations do you, do you based share? on our zodiac signs. Yes. Do you want to share? Do, Taylor, do you have any guesses? Riley's, I guessed. Riley's, I I, I was I, like, I ahead of time was like, I know where this Virgo's going. I know what this Virgo is. Hmm. Was it Sabrina? No. Unfortunately, no. Nah, that's what I knew. That's what you were hoping for. Yeah. Sabrina was Sagittarius. Was you were so yeah. disappointed when you saw her pop up for I Sagittarius. Um, Virgo was Hermione Granger. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Yeah. I like that the description because the person that does it gives a brief description after of like why this person matches the zodiac sign, and the first sentence was. Uh, she's blunt and gives her honest opinions to the point where she comes across as insensitive. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Like, okay, yeah, appreciates sure. logic over uh-huh. emotions. Uh huh. At least she said I'm smart. Um, Sydney was Scarlet Witch. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Because I'm very passionate and I shoot energy beams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So who was hey, that? You okay? Capricorn surprised me mainly because I don't. I I mean, I guess this character qualifies as a witch technically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Morticia Adams. I mean, the description. I bought it. Like yeah. at first, I was like, Taylor. I don't immediately think of Morticia Adams, but when they kind of walked through the reasoning, mm-hmm. like in charge, runs the household, you know, has it together mysterious mysterious like comes across as aloof but very um loyal and caring for their family yeah Mm -hmm. Hmm. i'll take it all right yeah i bought it i like that they include her as a witch because it's like probably right yeah yeah i think basically mom was willow yeah oh yeah which i could see like mom Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah she's so lovable and sweet until like you know you get on her bad side and then she skins you alive yeah the big bad (laughs) dark mom um what uh was my girl nancy on the list no the only one from the craft was um the the main one uh robin Robin tooney's character yes yeah um was a taurus yeah Hmm. okay yeah yeah so i was quite happy with it yeah <laughs> it's it's spooky season so of course we're you know it's all about the the witches right the spooky characters and also taylor swift wait no what yes how did she get involved she's not today spooky. is october 13th 
the 13th. We all know that's a special number here for Taylor Swift. We've we talked about uh, this many times. Sydney. Right. We Sydney. all know this. We all know this. <laughs> we all know this. It's the anniversary of Red being released the first time. Uh-huh. It was released on October 13th. Right. Red is being released in exactly a month. Actually, one day less than a month. Okay. Taylor's version. Okay. And everyone thinks that she is releasing the first lead single because she hasn't released a lead single from this album yet. And by the time she had released Fearless, she already had. It's like, what comes out in less than a month? What are you doing? But it's a Wednesday today, and there's a song she has on her album called Begin Again. And she says, on a Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again. And everyone's like, oh, it's a Wednesday. We're going to watch the Red Era begin again. Also, it's the 13th. Has has anything happened yet? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's 1114 and nothing has happened yet. But for other reasons I won't get into because we don't have that kind of time. Everyone thinks at 359 today is when it will be released. The... I, the <laughs> the magical thinking. You just gotta get over on Swift Talk because it's just conspiracy theories that I believe every single time, and so far none of them have come true. <laughs> none of them have happened. Most of I see. I don't get any of this on my TikTok. It's all my TikTok. Is. Mine is mine is Zodiac, and then people um, reenacting like really rude customers. From their various workplaces. <laughs> I get lots of them. <laughs> I also. I don't want to talk about it. Because our show is supposed to be for all ages. But I. TikTok. I don't. I don't. I resent you making me know. What soaking is. I resent it. Oh me too. I'm mad about it. TikTok. Why did you have. Uh, why did that show up in my algorithm? Th- this why? has been still buffering. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I I agree. I'm mad about it. I don't want to know that. I didn't want to know that, TikTok. All of these details I've learned, I've learned against my will. Yes. And it comes up and you're like, they. you're like, well, I don't know. I have no context for this word. So I guess I'll keep watching this video. And then you're like, no. I regret watching this video. Yeah. Yes. I resent I it, TikTok. I resent it. I think everyone feels the same. I think we all have ended up there at some point and no one's quite sure why. I don't know. I don't know what that says about the algorithm. Like that it, it, I don't, I mean, I watched the video though. So then I guess jokes on me. You participated in it. (sighs) We're not talking about any of that this week though. (laughs) The, The inevitability of TikTok algorithms showing you things. Yes. You don't want to know. Reminds me of the inevitability of death. There we go. That's the transition. Yes, I, uh-huh. I brought a final destination to the table this week. Uh, it's a movie. came out in 2000, and it's uh, about a bunch of teenagers who cheat death, so now death is trying to get them. Yes, and I would like to tell you, Taylor, I know we're talking about the first one this week mainly, but because I ended up with a little extra time, I ended up watching all five of them oh. in one day. So I have now rewatched the entire series of them within the last few days. Oh, wow. Um, I I feel very... All the same premise. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I my recollection, because I have seen some of the later ones, is that the methods of demise become more elaborate. Yes. Like, that's part of the thing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of like... It's like the like in the Saw movies, you know, how they have to make the traps cooler and wilder mm-hmm. every every movie. It's the same with the deaths. Like Right. <laughs> the, they all 
Go ahead. No, no. I just like just some of the the routes that the specter of death takes to to murder these kids is is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They all also start to intertwine in a way that at first you're like, oh, that's cool, and then like the more they go, it's like, well, now I'm just confused. Like in one of them, all the people that get out of the initial bad thing that end up dying in weird ways are also all people that were somehow connected to the initial people that died in like the initial first movie or whatever they all start tying back to like how they were saved from death before because of like the plane from the first movie they all tie back to the first one um not well is that the second one i'm thinking of Uh one of the future movies i can't remember if it's the second or the third one but all of the people that are dying are dying and it's the second one They're, they're dying in reverse order because they all were also saved from death before, like oh. before the big tragedy they were saved from, uh-huh. because of people that died in the oh, okay. first one. Yeah. This is, see, I do appreciate that uh, it's like, it's sort of like a Rube Goldberg machine yeah. approach to mortality, yes. which is interesting, um, <laughs> at least. And it's fun to watch how, like, they try to trick you like, oh, you thought they were going to get electrocuted or you thought that they were going to whatever. But like, nope, it was actually this all along. Yeah. Um, I just like the idea. I mean, death doesn't have like, I don't know, a, a heart attack at its disposal or like an yeah. aneurysm. It's like, no, I've got to choke you with this shower wire after you slip mm-hmm. on some goo and then, then, then maybe explode you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all I, has to be tragic. I like that every time they like, as they're leading up to someone's weird death, they show these clips and like little shots of like things that you're like, oh, that water's spilling onto that oh, outlet. There we go. Yeah. Or, oh, that that's gonna break. And every time I try to guess, like, okay, how exactly is this person going to die based off all these hints? And I have never once been able to actually guess. <laughs> I I have to imagine that was part of yeah. what the like as they sat down to make this film. It was like, ooh, now here's where the fun mm-hmm. is. Um, I would like to note that. I think in terms of when this movie was made and like the, the part of our American history, it is so obvious <laughs> this movie starts and you're like, well, this was obviously made pre 2001. That is exactly yeah. what I was like, thinking. That is the first glaring thing is like, we would never see a movie like this. Can you, ima- after that, no. can you imagine how quick that movie would have ended any time post 2001? If someone got on a plane and said this plane is going to explode and tried to run off the plane that's that's all i could think is like if that to this day and i'm not superstitious i'm not yeah but if i were on a plane and someone stood up and said we have to get off something bad is gonna happen <laughs> i would be the i'm okay yep. you heard him we're all off come on kids come on we're all yeah we're going that's it they also <laughs> tsa never would have let him go oh no he would have been there forever yeah. no he, he would have been immediately arrested <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, just the way that the security is presented at the airport too it's like oh we used to be able to just walk on back there to the gate and it was yeah. fine and keep your shoes on <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and you could watch plane like watch people leave like walk them to their gate and watch them leave and it, it, it is weird to think about um and then they're like now you all caused a disturbance on a plane but we're gonna let one of you get back on Th- yeah no <laughs> no <laughs> know that all the kids would have been removed the entire crowd would have been removed yeah but again i would have been the first one just like clear there mm-hmm. i'm i'm gone 
Man. I, I don't think the plane would have rivers. been allowed to take off. I feel like they would have emptied everybody off and then that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Clear Rivers, I would like to know, <laughs> is the only character that comes back at any point. Because she's in the second movie as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. She ends up, she meets her demise in the second movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They've been out for a long time. Um, but she does come back for the second one. And her name is Clear Rivers. <laughs> that's a weird. That's I just, a, I just, just appreciate weird... that. That like, I, they mention that, and you think it's going to be like a thing about like I maybe she has something to do with like being able to like I don't know, like oh mystical. Her name's Clear Rivers, and she like trusts this guy <laughs> who says something's going to happen, even though she's not friends with any of these people. And she gets off the plane. It's like maybe she also knows, and like mm-hmm. she's going to be able to help figure everything out. It's like well, uh, well. There was that weird you know? plot point about how she felt connected to the main character, and that's why mm-hmm. she knew she believed him. You know, like it was some sort mm-hmm. of m- meant to be romance. These for these teenagers, these very young people. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was that, or were we supposed to believe she has some sort of gift? Yeah, that's what I like, felt like. That gift? was gonna that was gonna happen. Um, I, I don't know. It never comes back. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Also, they do fall in love. She does fall in love with the main character at some point. They do they do start dating at some point. But at least in my recollection, it's never quite clear. It's kind of just like they're trying to save all these other people from meeting uh, extremely unfortunate the, endings. And all of a sudden, they're just like... The movie's sort of taken up with With that. each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I should... So if you haven't... By the way, if you haven't seen Final Destination, you've probably like gleaned the gist from what we've just said but basically the idea is a bunch of kids are going on a school trip a bunch of high school kids uh one of them has a vision that the plane's going to crash so he gets off the plane and a handful of people follow him for various reasons and then the plane crashes so they have skirted death but in this movie you can't do that because death has a plan and it's going to come get you in the order that they were supposed to die on On the the plane. plane yes Death is very methodical yeah. and predictable. It's a plan. And it's it something that you can map out. out. Yeah, you can map <laughs> it out and you can out maneuver it. <laughs> that is one of my favorite parts of this movie. And the first one is they show it like on the news when they're talking about like they figured out what caused the plane crash or whatever. They like on the news have a little diagram where they like draw a line on the body of the plane that shows like where the explosion would have traveled and he's able to like put a piece of paper up against the screen and perfectly trace <laughs> out all of their seats <laughs> like this is exactly how it's going to happen um it's which, which is, i mean is cool that it gives you like it gives them a way to be able to like go to people and like then there's the whole thing of if you're skipped then it goes to the next person but it comes back to you and like you know all that but it yeah but like at the same time I was I was watching that and thinking like I don't think they would ever give those details. No. About a No. I don't think that would ever be no. revealed. There but there are a lot of things that adults do in this movie that would never happen in real life. Like there are many conversations that adults are having with children. Like the teacher looking at him after like she got off the plane because of the disturbance he caused so then she didn't die and then at the the memorial service she's like you get away from me you creep me out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's probably not something an adult teacher would say to a high school student. Probably not. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of anger at the the, the teenage boy that got everybody off the plane. Yeah. 
Yeah, his friends, his, one of those friends died and his parents are very upset with him and he blame him. He ends up at the scene of like three of the deaths that yeah. follow. And I don't know how, like, especially when the, the teacher that is on the plane with them eventually dies. And like, he is at her house and she falls onto a knife. She does fall onto it. But then he ends up trying to, like, help her. So his handprints are on it. He's kneeling over her. It looks like he's just stabbed her. And then her house explodes as he's running away from it. Yes. And it's like, first he said this plane was going to crash. And it did. And now he is mysteriously at the scene of all these other deaths. Why are they not? I, they, well, that is something they clear up in future movies. <laughs> they don't just have the main character, like, at the scene of all the unfortunate I accidents. was thinking about that as I was watching it. Because I had never seen the first one. For somehow I had seen other ones mm-hmm. and not the first one. And I was thinking, like... This main character, he's the main character, so you don't assume that he's going to die. But I was thinking, like, he has to die mm-hmm. because the alternative is that somehow everyone believes him that he hasn't committed these murders and that death has a design and he's just, he's figured out death's design, this mystical thing. And that's why he doesn't go to jail. Because, mm-hmm. like, otherwise, why does he, why doesn't he go to jail? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like. The, the one of the elements of death's design that seems to be consistent through the first movie is the song Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Death, big fan of John Denver. Yeah. Um, there are lots of number yes. clues, too. I figure as uh-huh. a Taylor Swift fan, you'd appreciate that. Lots I did. of like the flight number and then the clock freezes on a certain number. Uh-huh. And, yeah. 180 is the number of the flight in the first one, and that mm-hmm. comes back. I think in every single movie after that, oh. the number 180 is present at some, one of the big tragedies. Um, like the second one, it's a big car accident and it, it has like a big sign that says like for the next 180 miles or whatever, like road work or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. It has a 180 on it. Um, yeah. Also, the last one I would just like to note, because I think this is one of the coolest things that I was not expecting. Because by the fifth one, you're like, well, this is, it's just, it's the you same get thing. It. Yeah. But the very, very end, the two people that end up surviving at the end of the fifth one that should have died and end up surviving after surviving the tragedy, mm-hmm. and they're the last two that should have died afterwards, they get on a plane. They're like, oh, we're finally going to get to, you know, move to Paris. We're finally going to get to live our dream. And then the plane they get on at the end of the fifth movie that is going to Paris is the plane that all the kids get off of in the first one because they're oh, going to Paris for the school trip it circles back so it goes all the way full circle back around <laughs> oh my gosh timeline gets very confusing but I do appreciate yeah. that because I always do appreciate a callback and there's yeah. at least one in every movie um I also appreciate that this movie you can tell the era it's from by the fact that Devin Sawa is the leading man uh, the the era of Devin Sawa if you will <laughs> Yes, he was such, he was so the heartthrob for a while. Mm. Gosh, uh, and his, like the little, like, blonde, I don't know, that spiky hairstyle that every <laughs> teenage boy had at that time period. Mm-hmm. That, and he was like, so what, uh, he was in Now and Then, right? Yeah. And then he was in Casper. Mm-hmm. I think Casper is where everybody fell that's in love with him. That's where I knew I him think from. that's where, like, he was in Casper and... Every teenage girl was like, oh, my gosh, give me a poster of Devin Saw. I think I had one that I cut out of a teen magazine. Oh that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that that you can definitely age. You can tell. Uh, you can date a movie if you see that. Like, ah, oh, Devin saw. I know exactly when this movie's from. Mm-hmm. I also did notice that the reason I recognized Clear Rivers mm-hmm. was because she is in Legally Blonde as the woman who's accused of murdering her husband. That Elle Woods eventually that is true saves from being sent to prison. I didn't realize this until like halfway through the first movie. She later went on to be on Heroes. Never saw that. Has since become problematic, I believe. Oh, no. Yes. Well, never mind. I know. (laughs) Never mind, Clear Rivers. I don't remember all that. I can't. I watched one season of Heroes and then it got kind of weird and then I stopped. So I just knew she was Brooke something in Legally Blonde. Yes. Yep. She was also in that remake of House on Haunted Hill that uh, came out around this time period, probably. She was. Mm. This was. I feel like this was like a big moment in her career. Yeah, those all kind of were at the same time. Or at least same era. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to figure that out because she dyes her hair by the end of the first film. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, like, is that because something else was being filmed? <laughs> but, then, but then that also, this shows I don't know anything because that also means I think f- films are, you know, filmed in order. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, when you make a movie, you have to film each scene as it's happening because people die in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you got to film them before they die, right? You can't, you can't film them. Sydney loves figuring out if other things were filmed at another time in an actor's career while they were doing something else. When we watched Legally Blonde 2, Sydney had a whole theory about like Luke Wilson, he was doing other stuff. That's why he's only in this for like 15 minutes. Watch. He's not going to come back until the very end for like two minutes. He was filming something else. He was. But he was. We looked it up and he he totally was because not only is he barely in the movie, but he's barely in any scene with Reese Withers, but like they're yeah. not on, they're not like they're on, they're in different places. Anyway. Sydney loves it. Sydney <laughs> loves puzzling out timelines of movies. See, I, I thought that the hair dye at the end was because she was like spooky goth girl and now she's well adjusted and has a boyfriend. So she yeah. doesn't have dark hair anymore. <laughs> it's, wait, is the premise that she's well adjusted and has a boyfriend because she averted this like terrible plane crash tragedy and like skirted and death figured out multiple death's times design. and now she's well adjusted? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Well, it was, it was a wacky way to get here, but it all worked out in the end. I got a boyfriend. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, never mind. We'll talk about the end of the movie later. Uh, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, so first of all, I, I have a problem. My problem is, it has been for years, that I, I like listening to podcasts, music, whatever, um, with my own headphones and then earbuds as mm-hmm. time has evolved and we've gotten better with technology uh, but they fall out of my ears all the time or they used to not anymore not with raycon wireless mm. earbuds because they actually fit my ears they're great they're uh raycon is a great uh set of earbuds to get whether you're using them when you're just like chilling listening to music studying you know whatever or if you're you know wearing them while you're working out if you're wearing them on the go in your commute whatever um raycon has you covered because they're great quality they're not going to fall out of your ears they've got an improved rubble rubber oil look and feel so you're going to love that and optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit these are impressive to look at let alone when you actually put them in your ears and start listening to them. Um, You get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. So whatever amount of bass you need for that, uh, it can suit that. 
you've got pure mode, you've got balance mode, you've got bass mode, and these Raycon earbuds are half the price of other premium audio brands. But they sound just as good, so you're not skimping on quality, you're just paying less for great quality, which we can all appreciate. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Raycon wireless earbuds, what should they do? Well, right now, Still Buffering listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash buffering. That's buyraycon.com slash buffering to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash buffering. So, we have moved into an era in the past year and a half or so of many deliveries being made to our homes. This is true. Many, many of them. And one in particular that I wasn't really fully aware of uh, until, you know, the recent years and months of staying inside was grocery deliveries. Because you don't really think about it, but you got to be around a lot of people when you go shop for groceries. And also, I just don't like going in person shopping for groceries. Mm -hmm. It's time consuming. I always forget the things I actually need and end up getting things I don't need. And then I have to be around a lot of people. And that is why... I discovered Imperfect Foods because they are turning uh, delicious groceries into quirky and delicious foods and delivering them to you in a way that is proven to reduce emissions. Because every day, and I didn't know about this until I knew about Imperfect Foods, there are lots of groceries that fall through the cracks of the food system because of how they look. They don't look like they're marketable enough, but they're still great and they're tasty and they're delicious. But grocery stores won't sell them. And Imperfect Foods will, because they care about what you're putting in, not how it looks. In your body, in the food. That's what right. I meant. Right. In food, what's in the food. In your body. Because it's still good food. What's in the food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about the inner beauty. It's the inside ah, that counts. Yeah. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service that has created an entire line of sustainable groceries, like pantry staples, that taste delicious. All you have to do is sign up, personalize your weekly order, and then shop online each week and get sustainable groceries that help you invest in a better food system. And I can attest they have lots of options. They have various like packs you can get that are packaged with like some various kinds of foods, whether you want some snacky foods to keep in your pantry, you want some seasonal produce, maybe you need a plant-based box or uh, you know anything like that, all these different kinds of foods that you can package all together in your own personalized little grocery cart, except it's virtual and it gets delivered to your door. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers by neighborhood, which is a unique model that produces 25 to 75% fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store. So you're getting all those foods that are still going on the inside, and you're helping the planet a little bit at a time. Great all around. Great all around. So Tay, if our listeners want to check out Imperfect Foods, what should they do? Well, right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and make sure to use promo code BUFFERING. Again, that's 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code using promo code BUFFERING. Try Imperfect Foods now, and for a limited time, get 20% off your first four orders. Go to imperfectfoods.com and use BUFFERING to sign up. All right. So, uh, you did you want to talk about the end of the film? You well, I just thought to that I just thought it was funny we... that uh, that that Tay mentioned. You know, now Clear has a boyfriend, and they've avoided death, and mm-hmm. she's well adjusted. And then at the end of the movie, of course, Clear is the only one who survives. Is that? Are we sure? Yes. 
Oh. And it's un it's okay. I I can understand it's why you asked. It's at unclear at the end of the, the, end of the first one. Yeah, <laughs> unclear. Um, by the beginning of the second, when they're doing like the opening montage, they have newspaper clips of like how all survivors of this plane crash now have died, and the only one left is Clear, who has checked herself into an institution basically to keep herself safe. Oh, so that is where she lives now. <laughs> they, um, all the they, time. They murdered Evan Sawa between the movies. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Like, you see him just about to get hit by a swinging hotel sign or restaurant sign or something in Paris yeah. at the end of the movie. Well, no, that uh, Jack from Dawson's Creek is about to. Aren't they both? Are they both? Are they both? Did they both di- go well, out Well, they both way? die. Yeah, yeah. gone. Yeah. I was very um, excited to Jack see... Jack from Dawson's yeah, Creek. I was very excited yeah. to see Jack from Dawson's Creek in the film. I actually thought at the end, it's you're not sure if Devin Saw has survived or not right before the last mm-hmm. scene where they're on the plane again and i thought i just saw clear and i don't remember jack from dawson's creek name in the film but him and uh i just saw the two of them and i was like oh are they together now and i actually thought well that that could be fun <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I i could not get invested in any of the teen romances yeah, in this film no. I, that for me it was like well that sure why not i don't know <laughs> um what one element that uh i think it's this is sev- he appears in several of the movies, but um, did you uh, did you did you catch the the Candyman? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, Tony Todd. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's not okay. I only saw the first one, and like I said, I've seen some of the other ones, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Is he? Do we ever clarify? Like he's not just the guy who works in the morgue, right? I mean. Like, is he mystical? Does he have powers? Why does he understand death's design? And why does he just casually tell two teenagers about it while he's embalming a body? Did you learn that in, like, embalmer school? Death's design? Yeah. There's a whole chapter on that. <laughs> I just don't think, like, if you're in there doing some embalming and two kids sneak in in the middle of the night, you're not going to be like, come over here, children. Let me show you this dead body and then fill you in on death. M- death the inevitability of your own mortality anyway have a great day i mean i think we're just supposed to think that like because he his existence is is around death all the time that he understands it yeah. right yeah because i do think he's kind of i mean they they give him some some creepy dialogue but i think it's just right you know <laughs> i don't know i yeah. thought maybe he was like a mystical being he's just death's buddy so he knows his business Okay, he's not death. No. He's death's yeah. friend. He's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, he's a this. friend of death. <laughs> I, one thing I appreciate about these movies is that obviously they fit with the spooky season theme because uh-huh. they are spooky. And they yeah. are scary. But not in a way that I watch and then I have bad dreams mm-hmm. because like there's like a, a murderer or a monster or something like that that is like out to get me. It's not like jump scare scary in that way, but it is terrifying in the sense that you're like, now I know about all of these ways that I could <laughs> potentially die that I never would have thought of before. Um, like I hadn't even realized it was like burned into my psyche why I'm terrified of log trucks. Yeah. And it's because the beginning of the second movie is that whole car crash that's caused by one of the trucks that has all the logs, like big, big tree trunks taped in the back and it, they all fall out. 
Like, I just have always been terrified will, of driving behind those things. And the, the second movie is why. This this is true. I will not drive behind them. Yeah. If I'm on the interstate, I'll get to a different lane. I'll do I'll, I'll pull off whatever I need to do so that I'm no longer directly behind that log truck. Yep. I think it's because of I that. Think that might be that opening might be my favorite in the whole seri- series. Like, it's yeah. hard to to top that one. And that, yeah, it's just <laughs> also, I guess that one like there's it's set like one of the clues is that highway to heck uh comes on the radio <laughs> yeah, yeah once again i just like that before death does his whole thing he's like well let me put on some tunes that go along with this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well he's having fun with it you know oh this is good he's, he's enjoying it's so important to love what you do mm-hmm. you know because then because then it never feels like work <laughs> his little his little death cave i don't know castle wherever he lives making his little death playlist <laughs> 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 this will be fun i also think it's better like as the uh, my again my recollection is the deaths get more like fantastical mm-hmm. and kind of silly almost um i think that that's a good direction for the series to go because starting off with a plane crash for me that's not fun i don't that i i am so glad that that isn't the whole movie you know everything yeah. else gets a little more ridiculous um but like a plane crash is so visceral and like everybody's kind of scared when they get on a plane yeah i don't know that for me was a lot it was like oh i don't want to let's not yeah let's not do that you can also tell the budget got a little bit higher with everyone because the opening sequence and that they were made like over course the course of many years in which like developments in movie technology were made because when you look at like the special effects of the first movie in terms of when they play out the plane crash if they all would have stayed on Mm -hmm. um that look i mean they look like 2000 graphics but then we get to the fifth one the the big tragedy at the the beginning is that this bridge collapses and like there's this bus full of people going on a work retreat Mm. and the bus falls during this you know uh bridge collapse and you know he gets people off the bus and that's the thing but it's so intense the way they make it out to look real and like pieces of it falling at a time and you know the water below and it looks so much wilder and more intense than the first one especially when you see the first one just kind of like you see a little like boop in the sky um <laughs> that's the sound that <laughs> makes when it explodes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but it, you can tell that the, the budget got a little higher and also their movie skills got a little bit better with each one i, I always think that's yeah. interesting um except I don't remember which number, but one of them starts with a roller coaster. Oh yeah, uh, that falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one looks <laughs> a little silly. <laughs> some of the some of the graphics. Um, it was done in a way that I was like, this I don't think has made me terrified of roller coasters for forever because yeah. of the way they have they have made this. I, you know, I think the only thing is because you said it doesn't give you nightmares. I think what was what I have realized is I've gotten older. <laughs> Is it a, while a movie like this, you're right, like I'm not scared of the things that are happening in it specifically, but the theme becomes a lot, uh, it hits a little closer the older you get, like this idea of the, of mortality and the inevitability <laughs> of death. Well, I mean, it does, like it's a very um, viscerally disturbing yeah. thought um, because I, I foolishly, I suggested, Justin, why don't you watch this with me? not really thinking like hey when you have anxiety specifically related to mortality you probably don't ever want to watch final destination do you (laughs) 
Which, um, like, yeah. as, on a side note, if if that fits you, if that description fits you, this is not a good film for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess for me, I get more t- more scared of like the Scream movies, for example, or like the Halloween movies, where there is a a person murdering other people that is scary looking mm-hmm. and scary circumstances surrounding most of the deaths. Because then when I'm like alone in my house that, you know, I worry about someone breaking into or whatever, and it's just me and my guinea pig and I'm watching like Halloween, it's like, am I going to open my door? Michael Myers is there. Maybe. But at least when I watch Final Destination, it's like, I think I'm okay right now. I don't think I've skirted death recently, so I think I'm safe. <laughs> Was it a kind of, isn't it kind of comforting too? Or it's like, if you just, if you just pay attention for the signs, you can just cheat death. Exactly. For good, you know, you just got to. Pay attention to the tunes on the radio. Look for any yep. like numbers or spooky shadows or something. You basically Swifties. Swifties can survive death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They look for a one eighty everywhere. We look for thirteens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very equipped to handle these situations now. I feel like I'm looking for these details. But they everywhere. all, but they all die eventually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's the message. Is like, well, you can get away with it for a while. Yeah. Um. That's a lot. Which they do. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I The first one, they make it seem like if you skip or you save certain people and they get skipped or whatever, like, then you're all safe or whatever. Like, you, you've made yeah. it. And then one of, I think it's the second one, they say, if new life comes into the world that wasn't supposed to exist in the first place because of the tragedy, then it, like, cancels out the whole thing or whatever. Um, there's a pregnant woman and a baby. It's a whole thing. Um, okay. But... At the end of all of them, I think they all do end up yeah. dying. Like, all of them. Like, I don't think there's any moment, right, except for Clear at the end of the first one going into the second one. But then, That's you know, intense. she's gone before the end of the second one. That is all. It, but, like, what you just described is a really intense idea. <laughs> all your rationalizations you know, at the end of the yeah, day won't help you. Except for, I will <laughs> say, they do save people in the second one. And it's JJ from Criminal Minds. <laughs> stars she stars in the second movie she does and she which i makes sense i guess she thinks of new life they think it's this woman who's pregnant that if she has her baby then they're fine but she actually wasn't one of the ones that would have died in the crash so it doesn't work out that way so she like drowns and then has doctors bring her back to life jj from criminal minds because she's like, well, there's that new counts. life that's not supposed to have happened in the first place. And I did die, but now it's new life. I'm brought back to life. And that counts. And I guess they're fine. Well, that's comforting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta, I don't know why they don't bring that logic back in any of the other movies. <laughs> and then, then it would just become a strange movie where these kids are trying to just, like, sort of die. But that's true. Not, but you just got to just pull a fast one on death. <laughs> They, yeah, I I really I think though that like cause what they do is they boil down the scary thing about scary movies to its base element. Mm-hmm. It's about death, mm-hmm. and death doesn't have. It's not a serial killer. It's not a ghost or a mystical element that like has a face and a name. It's just the concept of death, which is inescapable, and will continue to pursue you your entire life until it wins. Which is what like at their core that is horror. Mm-hmm. That is that's what's scary. But they just strip away all the trappings which is smart and scary to me mm-hmm. deeply I but I contend that it would be I don't know when the most recent of these movies were made 
but I, I feel like it would be harder to find a receptive audience for that idea now. You don't think that we want to watch a movie that makes us meditate on the inevitability of death? Yes. <laughs> so the fifth one... That's my theory. The fifth one came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. But Google is telling me they already signed on to create a six that is supposed to be released next year. Interesting. Well, I guess it was supposed to be released this year and then... COVID. You know, COVID. So, like, they could make it, but I guess now it's going to be next year. I don't know. They decided to wait a year and then everyone's going to be okay with a movie about the inevitability of death. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, I just feel... Well, and I just... Even beyond, like, obviously the pandemic, but, like, I don't know. I I feel post-2016, there's been this sort of, like, counter push to, like... Hey, could we, um, like, how about those of us who actually, like, value each other and, like, each other's lives and well-being and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, the, it's so, that kind of, like, the nihilism that was very much, by the way, the 90s and the early, two, I mean, I would say pre-2001, <laughs> the year 2000, but before 2000. A lot of that just isn't, I don't know, it's not as fun to engage with. It mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like... Because, I mean, like, a lot of the deaths in the movie should feel kind of light and silly. Yeah. They're they're ridiculous. Yeah. They're supposed to be so ridiculous so that you don't have to feel sad and, like, oh, I can't believe that character just... I really cared about that character. I can't believe that... You're not supposed to be feeling that. You're right. supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, that was so crazy. And I do think they get more ridiculous as they go on. Yeah. I, I just feel think like it's harder... That. I think that that idea gets harder to sell over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They I, also... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. I was legitimately sad when billy died i liked him he just wanted to ride his bike man Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that is sad um i do think they fix well i don't want to say fix they make some of the characters less likable like they make them kind of bad people from the beginning Mm -hmm. so that when they're gone you're like well you know (laughs) not you don't care about them it's not like billy you know you don't care about them so you don't like you don't become emotionally attached to the but they, they also involve, make them way more ridiculous. Do they involve so many parents? Because that was the other thing. Like, that's a rough one for me in a horror film. And it's like, and here are the grieving parents. I don't it's like, think, well, I'd rather not. Let's I don't not think as many, go there. Because I feel like they involve more adults in yeah, like the okay. tragedies is, instead of teenagers. This is the only cast that's set in like the, the high school sort of mm-hmm. age range. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a mix of ages in the other movies. But this is the one where that's the setup. Yeah. Um, I would like to note just for your uh, interest. They confirmed a new installment in January 2019. In August of 2019, Devin Sawa expressed interest in returning to the franchise in the reboot. <laughs> Don't know how that would work, but he wants to come back. Uh, and then they confirmed in October 2020 that it had been in the works prior to the pandemic. So Now here's where, okay, this is where I think um, what I think we need <laughs> Right now, <laughs> as a culture, and where I think our brains are. What if, what if we have the next movie, and it's all of these people who almost cheated death, but then ultimately succumbed to it, in the afterlife, and they're going to cheat death to get back to life. Oh, they're going to I could be down with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like I I would so watch that movie as ridiculous as that sounds. That is exactly what I Yep, I love that. Let's do that. Let's 
I'll follow him that. Back. <laughs> Let's get them all back. Well, what if you just kind of have like a, like, a, like a crime fighting team of just like that guy that works at the morgue and Devin Sawa who returns and just like goes around and like teaches teaches people how to how to see the signs. How to avoid death. death. <laughs> avoid death. It's just a crime fighting team going around and like they, they see the tragedies and they prevent them from see, happening. These are like observers who get too involved and start you know interacting with the timeline mm-hmm. and then they change the course and they get in trouble but like they're doing good because they're trying to save peter bishop who of course <laughs> is pacey you know yeah. from dawson's creek and yeah. so it's all worth it this is a fringe this is this is going to tie into fringe so you and i'm so excited about that destination a crossover. yeah it, really if what? you could make anything a crossover with fringe i'll watch it anything <laughs> how do we get here you just decided that's what it was <laughs> forcefully i'm just saying um i love fringe tay i do appreciate you reintroducing me to these movies though because i did i watched the first one in preparation for this episode and then all of them were on hbo max right there after the first one and i had time so i was like well yeah i might as well turn on the second one and then it was like well the third one's right there and then it was just like i'd watched all five of them and i don't want to say like I enjoyed them like they made me happy because that feels like morbid to say that. I don't want to say they made me happy, but it is something that like I feel like it, it just I don't know in the spooky season it puts you in that sort of like spooky mindset. But also I could go to sleep right after. Yeah. I I I would say the same thing. Like I personally, as much as that is not something I like to sit and think about mm-hmm. mortality. Um, I I the elaborate, like I said, sort of Rube Goldberg like mechanisms yeah. of death it is kind of silly and and i do i do think that's fun to watch it is fun in that way and like it gets ridiculous when you have towards the end of the movie with like the electrical (laughs) like the fallen electrical wire and it's um, and they're in the car and the car's about to explode and there's water everywhere from the pool and the whole thing like it's 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 always water everywhere pretty silly that's death 90 percent of the time it's just a leak oh no there's always a leak onto an outlet somewhere yeah (laughs) he's got one move yeah, well, that's what I, I, I mean, I can totally understand how these movies are not for everybody because the topic is grim, but I definitely feel like there's something about the absurdity in, in these films and as it gets even more absurd that I really enjoy because it's like, yes, it's, yeah, it somehow makes it seem n- not scary. It's just, you know, it's just cool practical effects and like, yeah, figuring out yep. the signs, you know. Yep. Like I will just note as we near the end, a very specific uh uh scene in the very I think it's the fifth one, is this guy who's already been kind of a jerk the whole time and he, you know, avoided the tragedy and he goes to this like massage place and is like mm. being a jerk to the women who work there and all this stuff and um she convinces him to do like acupuncture. So he has acupuncture needles all over his body, but then like he tries to get up because one of the candles starts like spreading the flame across the room, but he falls and the table collapses. So like all the needles go in, but then he's like about to survive and get out the door. And then this little shelf with a big, like metal Buddha on it falls. And, and it's just like so ridiculous. Cause it's like, well, first the acupuncture needles and then like there's fire everywhere. And then like, he's about to get to the door and like, but he has to go back for a cell phone is why he doesn't get out yet. So he tries to go back for a cell phone. And then I, I do like all the red herrings. Like yeah. you think, yeah. you know how it's going to happen. And yeah, I like that. Oh, uh, I think the scene that stuck with me was the, uh, was, I don't know which one, which film it's in, but it's the, uh, the, I, the LASIK one. Oh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's the fifth one also. Oh, yeah, no. is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. A, a lady's getting, I guess she's getting LASIK surgery, right? It's yeah. A little laser in her eyeball. And 
Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like the way it goes wrong is so ridiculous because it's like the machines just start like, I don't know, even after it happens, they're like, everything had to have gone wrong for this to happen. We don't understand how this happened. Oh, man. I better not watch that because I've thought about LASIK a lot and it sounds like I wouldn't ever do it if I watched that. No, that's 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 the one that I, I stuff gets to me in horror movies. And I was like, oh, yes. I don't like this. This isn't good at all. It's like you just handed that to death. This was like, I don't even have to try. You just put you have a laser directed at your head. Yeah. You know, I like my glasses. Ultimately, I like how they look. They're good. It's I good. like them. I don't want to change. Well, thank you, Taylor. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. Yes. I did. I did. Good. Enjoy good spooky choice to start off my spooky season. Mm-hmm. Riley. Yes. Um, so for my, my spooky season week, um, I want to talk about Hocus Pocus. Hey, that's perfect. Yeah. So it's, you know, still spooky, but mm. it was very influential in my, my youth and continued throughout my life and also a little bit, you know, family friendly, I guess. It's more yeah, of a kid's I've movie. already watched it with Charlie and Cooper this season once. Yeah. So there's a good, I have a good mix of scary and family scary movies I like. So mm-hmm. got to mix up a little bit. Cooper really loved it makes sense yeah yeah she wants to learn the song that you sing that makes all the kids come so you can kill them yeah yeah, yeah she likes <laughs> that, that sounds right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you both taylor thank you again thank you. uh thank you thank you listeners um if you if if the inevitability of our immortality doesn't freak you out too much <laughs> you should watch final destination <laughs> they're all on hbo max um, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to maximumfun.org uh, for lots of great shows that you would enjoy. Um, it's the block party right now. Woohoo. The Maximum Fun block party is going on. So there are a lot of oh, yeah. great events. Um, and in particular, it's a great time to like share a show with somebody maybe who hasn't heard, you know, heard before and uh, introduce them to it. And I think this is like a good example of of what our show is about. Yeah. You know, we take something from <laughs> the inevitability of death. Well, (laughs) generally not that alone, but something from uh, pop culture that meant a lot to us growing up. Taylor and I back a long time ago, (laughs) Riley more recently, Mm -hmm. um, and discuss it and and watch it, engage with it or read it or whatever. Listen to it and then and then discuss it. And there's always Taylor Swift. That was a good example too. Taylor brought that in there. Yeah, Taylor Swift is always somehow part of our show. Yeah. And next week, Block Party will still be going on. We'll have, you know, Hocus Pocus. There's like the duality of still buff. There you go. You know. The, the then and the now. The, 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 yeah. There Although, you go. Hocus Pocus. Well. I mean. I'll allow it. I'll allow yeah. it. There you go. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, thank yeah. you to. Uh, oh, no. Don't thank them yet. First, I got to tell you to tweet at us at still buff. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at still org. And now, thank you to, to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am two. So has anything happened with Taylor Swift now? Are we waiting for 3.50? I guess 3.59. 3.59. We'll see in a few hours. 3.59. <laughs> I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm 
Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV, and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.